Merry Christmas. I hope that you're really having a good time as you prepare for Christmas, and I hope that you haven't forgotten what the real story of Christmas is all about. Have you stopped to consider what an awesome story the real Christmas story is telling us, how God worked out all the details so Jesus would be born at the right time, in the right place, under the right circumstances? It was a miracle. You know, we we tend to be satisfied with Christmas stories like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or Frosty the Snowman, some of those things that really have nothing to do with the reality of Christmas. I would remind you today that you need to know the real meaning of Christmas. You need to know the, the Lord of Christmas, and you need to accept him as your personal Savior. You know, God used pagan rulers and pagan governments to fulfill his prophecies. Talk about moving heaven and earth to accomplish his will. I, I want to look again at the miraculous account that Luke gave us in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. It says, At that time the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory showed around them. And they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angel had returned to heaven, uh, the angels, when they had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and, and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. You know, when you think about it, you can't find anything more exciting than that story. God created the ruler, uh, God, the creator, and the ruler of the universe decided to become entwined in man's need of a savior. 
You know, when people find that Savior, their lives are changed completely. Today, I want to talk about a bitter old man whose life got changed because of Christmas. Charles Dickens wrote the story of the Christmas Carol. It's one of my favorite secular Christmas stories. I enjoy old Scrooge stomping through the Christmas uh, celebrations shouting, Bah humbug! You know, I'm reminded that when we used to live in Arlington, Oregon, we had to go up and down the freeway. There's a grain elevator between Hermiston, Oregon, and Boardman, Oregon, that every year put a lighted sign on top of their huge grain bin that said, Bah Humbug. Everybody else was saying Merry Christmas and all Happy Holidays. They had Bah Humbug. I thought that was kind of cool. Scrooge is a selfish, mean, uncaring, stingy, completely unfair to his employee. Poor Bob Cratchit. Man, he just is, is terrible. I enjoy how Scrooge, though, changed after his rough night. The story doesn't indicate that Scrooge found salvation, but something very similar happened. I got to thinking, what if God were like Ebenezer Scrooge? stomping through the heavens, withholding his blessings from us. What if every time we asked for something, he'd answer, Bah, humbug. Well, don't worry, he doesn't, and he won't. In fact, God is so into Christmas that he sent his son Jesus to rescue us from sin and give us eternal life. What a wonderful Christmas gift God has given us, a gift to satisfy every longing for now and throughout all eternity. I heard about two boys who stayed overnight at Grandma's house. They said their bedtime prayers. The youngest one prayed at the top of his voice, I pray for Thomas the tank engine train set. I pray for an electric scooter. I pray for a new Spider-Man action figure. His brother whispered, Why are you shouting? God isn't deaf. Little brother said, No, but Grandma is. You know, we have traditions that make Christmas seem more like Christmas. To me, Christmas seemed to need snow and cold and all that in order to really feel like Christmas. It was so unique when I moved to Phoenix, Arizona, and the first time that I tried to celebrate Christmas in the malls in warm weather and sunshine. In fact, our first Christmas dinner, uh, when we had come to Deer Valley Church of Nazarene, our first di Christmas dinner was on the patio of the parsonage there, and the temperature was 80 degrees. For me, Christmas lacked something without Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge was mean, intimidating. He was an old man who lived to make money. He had no patience for religion or sentimentality. Especially Christmas. One Christmas Eve, Ebenezer got a terrifying wake-up call. His dead business partner, Jacob Marley, visited him. Marley had been a miser just like Scrooge. They were partners in business. He had been condemned to roam the earth, tormented by values he neglected in life, condemned to drag long chains he would forged in life, and he was there to warn Scrooge to avoid the same fate. This was Scrooge's last opportunity to turn from his selfish, greedy ways, to turn from his materialistic, money-making business and make humanity his business instead. Marley warned he'd be visited by three ghosts that night. 
the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. This would be Scrooge's second chance. Maybe he could get it right if he would pay attention. The real Christmas story is about a God giving humanity a second chance after Adam and Eve blew the first chance in the Garden of Eden. Let's explore the ghosts of our Christmas past, present, and future to rediscover the God of second chances. The ghost of Christmas past took Scrooge back through time to confront him with the pain and agony of his Christmases gone by. Scrooge saw a schoolroom where a little boy sat alone by the fire. His only companion was the book he was reading. Scrooge remembered his rejection because his father blamed him for his mother's death while she was giving birth. And his father just didn't want anything to do with him, left him at the school, left him wherever he could, so he didn't have to bother with poor old Ebenezer Scrooge. Scrooge remembered all the Christmases when other children went home. He was left alone. He remembered his loneliness and pain. He had longed for friends and love and, and the acceptance by his family. The spirit wished him to his former fiancée, Belle, a woman he loved, but who became a poor second to his passion for wealth. A golden idol displaces me, she complained to him from the past. As they traveled from Christmas to Christmas, Scrooge was faced with his broken relationships, his rejection, his loneliness. Most of us have Christmases like, you know, you know Scrooge that we would rather forget. Thousands of people are like Scrooge, finding it hard to celebrate Christmas because of failed relationships in the past, because of painful me memories, broken families, broken friendships, too much pain and loss, too much rejection. Yet Christmas is a time of hope and joy, a time of reconciliation. There's a Christmas past that echoes through the pages of history whose timeless message haunts every Christmas present. If we travel back to revisit that first Christmas over 2,000 years ago and gaze at Jesus lying in a manger, our Christmas fears and disappointments would vanish. We would find hope because we would realize God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And that would include you and me. God wants to give us forgiveness of sin and everlasting life. Well, that night Jesus was born, an angel announced to shepherds a Savior had been born. Good news, he said, for all people, young, old, rich, poor, Jews and Gentiles, you and me. God took on flesh and stepped into history to save us from the consequences of sin. His birth can wipe our past clean. Our pain, sorrows, rejection, broken relationships, hurts are all wrapped up in his love for us. That's what John 3.16 is all about. That's the promise of Christmas past. That's the hope for the God of second chances. The co then, then we want to look at the ghost of Christmas present. It's obvious Scrooge was a product of his history. His Christmas has gone by. That second spirit, the, the ghost of Christmas present, 
showed Scrooge, Scrooge what his life was like now. He saw the home of his employee, Bob Cratchit, where despite poverty, the home was filled with joy and compassion and love. As the Cratchits sat down to their humble Christmas dinner, Bob Cratchit toasted his greedy, selfish, miserly boss, the one that was responsible for his poverty. Scrooge asked who the little crippled boy was, and the answer was that was Tiny Tim. Scrooge was shown the home of his nephew, the only one with affection for Scrooge, even though his affection was totally unwarranted. For years, this nephew had invited Scrooge to share Christmas with him and his wife. For years, Scrooge rejected his invitation, was rude about the invitation. Still, the nephew invited. The ghost of Christmas present revealed that Scrooge had become uh, what he had become. His calloused heart, how he ignored poverty and the needs of those around him his disregard and, and disdain for humanity. He tried to justify himself by the money that he'd earned as his quote-unquote success, but in things that really mattered, he was nothing, and he had nothing. The ghost of Christmas present showed him, even though he utterly was utterly hard-hearted, bitter, and twisted, seemingly beyond redemption, that others still loved him and hadn't given up on him. You know, that's the promise of Christmas present. Every Christmas, we're reminded that no matter how bad, selfish, greedy, rebellious, or how often we've rejected Christ, God still loves us and never gives up on us. Christmas is a time of love, joy, peace, and goodwill. Somehow we've, we've missed the whole point and turned it into a commercialized nightmare with Fat Man and, and uh, Reindeer and a, a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, on and on and on, forgetting the real meaning of Christmas. Scrooge was so self-centered and bitter that he completely lost sight of what Christmas was all about, too. We often fall into that trap, neglecting what's important seeing money as the most important and what money can buy as the answer to our problems. If we're not careful, the Scrooge spirit can hijack our Christmas, turning our celebration into materialism, missing God's purpose for our lives. Christmas is exactly what it says. I, you take the word, it's Christ Mass, a holy celebration of Christmas. A holy celebration of Christ. Christmas stopped being about Christ a long time ago. Now it's self-indulgence, extravagance, materialism, and money about me and mine. One of the big phrases used in advertising today is, you deserve it. You ought to do this because you deserve it. You ought to have this experience. You deserve it. The question is, why do I deserve it? What have I done to deserve it? You know, the real Christmas story is just the opposite. Christmas is about Christ, who left his riches and glory in heaven to be born in a stable and laid in a manger and wrapped in swaddling clothes. Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. That's the certainty of Christmas present. The final spirit, the ghost of Christmas future, 
uh, came. He had no face. He didn't speak. He merely took Scrooge back to the Cratchit family, and now worn down by their struggle against poverty, and now without Tiny Tim, who had died for lack of pro uh, proper medical care. Then the spirit took Scrooge to the house of a man who died in his sleep. Scrooge kept asking, who is it? Who is it that died? Who is it? A maid and a cleaner were dividing his belongings before the undertaker arrived. Two men in the street were discussing whether to hold a funeral for this dead person or not, since no one would bother to come. Again, Scrooge asked, Who is this man? The spirit led him to the graveyard, and the headstone read, Ebenezer Scrooge. It's a chilling reminder that no one lives forever. Life is brief. First Chronicles 29.15, We are here for only a moment. Visitors and strangers in the land of our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. Suddenly, Scrooge understood he had to change. It was now or never. He had been a penny-pinching, mean, hateful, self-centered old miser. No one wanted anything to do with him. His own family hated him. All he'd worked for would be stolen, even the curtains from his bed. No one would attend his funeral because no one cared that he died. He'd die miserable and alone. His life would count for nothing. You know, maybe you relate. Maybe, uh, you know, the promise of Christmas past and the certainty of Christmas present means your Christmas future it isn't written yet. Jesus can transform you and make you a new creation. He can take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. The best news of Christmas is we can learn from the past and change our present so we'll have a better future. What happened in your past doesn't need to defeat you because God came as a baby to give you a better future. To Scrooge, the ghost of Christmas future was the most frightening. We fear the future because we're frightened of the unknown. When we remember that that first Christmas when God was born as a baby, we can look forward to the most wonderful Christmas in the future when Jesus Christ will come again to take his children home. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, uh, trumpet call of God, first the Christians who have died will rise from their grave. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Now that's a Christmas celebration I want to be a part of. One day Jesus Christ will take his people home. That's the hope for of a Christmas future. The ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, you know, we, we can look and say, well, really the most important thing is that I give my heart and life to Jesus Christ so he can forgive my past, he can help me to live as I'm supposed to in the present, and I can have a future with him throughout all eternity. At the heart of the Christmas carol lies Scrooge's transformation. Through his encounter with Christmas past, present, and future, Scrooge changed from a selfish, 
greedy, bitter old man to a grateful, generous, compassionate man. He, he completely changed, whole about face. He, he went around and tried to undo the horrible things he had done and began to really celebrate Christmas. He had been confronted by the reality of who he was and where he was headed, and he responded by repenting and changing his ways and his destiny. You know, it sounds like a conversion to me. Jesus invites you to do the same thing. He is waiting to forgive you of your sins and make you part of his family, anticipating the wonders that we can't even imagine that's waiting for us in heaven. What better time than Christmas to receive Jesus Christ's forgiveness, to renew your faith, and to rebuild your friendships? There's a screwed side in all of us that needs repentance. The good news of Christmas is we can forget the past, like I said. We can change the present and build a better future. And it's not too late to change as long as you're still alive. Philippians 3:13 and 14 says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Whatever your past, you can have a better future. Scrooge sees the opportunity to make his life count. I doubt the ghosts of Christmas will visit you, but you'll be visited by God's Holy Spirit. This Christmas, every Christmas, all year long, because God never stops trying to reach out to you because he loves you so very much. The Holy Spirit points to the only path for a second chance, a new life. Jesus isn't just one of many paths to heaven. He's the only path. He's the way the truth and the life and nobody's going to get to heaven nobody's going to see the father except by him invite him into your life he's invited you to accept his salvation remember he's not scrooge he wants to meet your needs and he wants to help you you know one of the best christmas carols i think that i've ever heard and nobody even realizes is a christmas carol but it's really the story of christmas all wrapped up in this little song it's called Jesus Loves Me. We think of it as a children's hymn, but I want you to know it's, it's got so much more to it than just a little ditty. It's, it's really something that says Jesus loves me and, and I can know the forgiveness of sins. I'm, I'm going to try to sing it to you. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, he who died. Heaven's gate to open wide, he will wash away my sin. Let his little child come in. Jesus loves me, loves me still, though I'm very weak and ill. From the shining throne on high, 
comes to watch me when I die. Jesus loves me, he will stay close beside me all the way. If I love him when I die, he will take me home on high. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Well, Merry Christmas. I hope that you find the true meaning of Christmas. I'm just going to say a short prayer for you. Father, I just pray that you help everyone that's listening to this message today to find the true meaning of Christmas, to find the joy of the greatest gift that God ever gave, his only begotten son, to save us from our sins. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful gift. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a wonderful Christmas, and don't forget to take time to thank Jesus for coming to be your Savior.